Hey there, Todd, the Purgatory family. Just a heads up before we start, this episode contains frank discussions of body parts using the correct anatomical names, and also some discussions of good and bad touches, so just a heads up. Thanks, y'all. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Toddler Purgatory. I'm one of your hosts, Molly. Hey, 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 I'm Blair. And today we are talking about bods. Bodies! As opposed to bots, which is short for robots, which is what my son is obsessed with right now. It's always something, Uh, you know, at a different age, it might be bodies. That's true. And in some ways, it already is. Yep. You know, as many of our listeners, I'm sure, could agree, times of obsession with bodies, Mm -hmm. mainly his own. And body parts. And body parts. Yes. This show is geared for zero to six-year-olds or so. And yeah, there is definitely a curiosity at those early ages because you can imagine, sort of like in previous episodes when we've talked about when children suddenly realize they're no longer part of the same body as their mom, you know, Mm -hmm. there is that time where they're like, what's going on down there? Of course, we're talking about penises and vulvas and that kind of thing. (laughs) But yes, it's really, see how I'm even talking? Like that's a reflection of how talking about bodies makes parents feel. Listen, it is literally a generational thing. And Molly and I were just talking before we hopped on. And I said, I hope that we are the generation that gets it right, or at least tries to get it right in talking to our children about their bodies and how it works and stuff. Because I'll tell you this, it took me a long time. I'm still figuring out my body. Yes. Still. At 41, I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah, you know, and I wouldn't say that I grew up with body shame. My parents were, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but they, we didn't really talk about bodies very much. Mm-hmm. And I bet part of that was intentional. My parents were both psych majors. <laughs> so they know the value of mm-hmm. keeping their kids' psychology healthy. But I do know that they did things in sly ways to teach us. So like, I don't remember having a big birds and the bees conversation with them, Mm -hmm. but I do remember around eight or nine, maybe a little bit older. It was the eighties after all. So maybe a little bit older wandering into the living room and seeing a book so casually laid on the coffee table in the living room. KSS though. What's this? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Huh? Let me just start flipping. What? What is that? Those look like mama's breasts or whatever, you know? And wait a minute, that. Mm -hmm. And it was a picture book essentially just letting me know how babies are made. And I do, (laughs) I remember that more than any hard conversation. But then as I got older and became a teenager, and I think that that was also, as you said, Blair, a generational thing. We talk about kids' bodies much younger now. Oh, yeah. Because we have learned. And the experts have learned the earlier you start, the -hmm. more you can lay the foundation for a healthy relationship between your child and their body. And I think that it's that hard line between talking about your body and then talking about sex. Yes. It doesn't have to be one and the same. It's not always connected. That's what I struggle with. Where I'm like, oh, if I'm talking about anatomy, then I must be talking about the deed. Right. Or the things that go into doing the deed or that how you feel about the deed that pertains to your... And then I shut it all down (laughs) and go find a dark room and I shed tears. Right. Because we've all grown up with these generational 
roadblocks. <laughs> and sometimes it's religion and sometimes it's tradition and sometimes it's mm-hmm. cultural or whatever. And uh, societal. You just don't talk about it. Just like something you don't talk about. And I hope you're right, Blair. I hope that that is changing. Starting now. We're starting it right now. Blair and Molly to the rescue. Well, the funny thing is, I talk pretty freely with my five-year-and-a-half-year-old son about stuff. And, oh, see, I even just said stuff. (laughs) About his body, about people's bodies, about how bodies work. Mm -hmm. Even he said there is some sort of internal thing. Because yesterday we were taking a walk after dinner, and he's eating a popsicle. It's very, oh, it's just nice. We're listening to the birds. And I look over and I go, oh, look. Oh, well, now we know it's spring. There's a robin redbreast. And he goes... Yeah, I call them Robin Redbellies. <laughs> I go, you do? And he goes, yeah. And I go, because you don't want to say the word breast? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, that's all right. I said, if you don't want to say breast, now, of course, I can get full volume. If you don't want to say breast, you don't have to. You can call them Robin Redbellies if you want to. And he was like, yes, mom. <laughs> and he's five and a half. And he already has that sort of innate, like, we can't talk about breasts in public. <laughs> I was like, okay, Grandpa Joe. Whereas, like, my kid's just, like, whipping it out to go pee on the playground. I'm like, take it easy, bruh. <laughs> Not everybody wants to see that. I know. Well, that's a funny thing, too, is that when we do, he is doing things now, which are very, very funny. Like, I play the music of the Descendants. And I kind of hold the phone so he can hear it at the end of the tub area while he's showering. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, Mama, look at me. Look at me. I'm soap dancing. I'm wash dancing. And I open the door to look and I go, oh, yeah. And all of a sudden he'll just like start being like, rah, 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 and like pushing his hips forward. And then so his penis will go up and down. It's so funny. So like, oh, my God. That's so funny. even though they have a little bit of that sort of shyness or you know, pink cheeks about saying anatomy names in public. Sometimes they don't, like screaming out, penis butts, penis butts on the playground or whatever. They don't care. They don't care. (laughs) And that's like, that's where it's like trying to, me, I find myself to figure out like what's cool to talk about, what he's going to understand, right? Versus yes, mm -hmm. what he's not going to understand versus how am I, because I'm I'm also like so conscious because I'm an actor, How's this making me feel? And what am I standing in a comfortable enough position to where it's not coming across as me being uncomfortable? Right. You know, because I don't want to, you know, make him feel. I just want to take the pressure off of all of it. I know. I just feel a lot of pressure. It stresses me out. It stresses me out, too. I think it is a subject that causes anxious feelings in in many parents and not in some others. Mm hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I read this article in the New York Times, which is about keeping kids curious about their bodies without shame. Mm. And you'll hear us talking a lot about trying to avoid shame in this conversation today. And it was a great article. I highly recommend it in the New York Times. And one of the things they said is, while it's typically mothers who broach this subject with their kids, fathers have tremendous value to add as well, says a PhD named Natasha Cabrera. And she says, men tend to be more blunt and direct, she said, (laughs) and more likely to provide information without censoring, all of which children find refreshing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's interesting that when we take the emotion out of it, I do wonder, too, I'm no expert in gender studies, but I do wonder who gave those men their birds and bees talk or talk to them about their bodies or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And also how much shame are women raised with as girls? Close your legs. Honey. 
cross those legs, be a lady, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And how damaging we don't even realize that is. Oh, we want our girls to be strong, but polite and outspoken, but polite, <laughs> you know, exactly. And a lady, but but have a bodily autonomy. And it's like, well, can we have all those things and make sure that our kids are not growing up saying about their body? Whose is this body? Is it mine? <laughs> right. To do with what I want? Uh, yes. I think that that's it. We are literally trying to fight our way through a wall that has been built up by society, by all the things, by these unwritten rules that we've just gone by. Yep. And we're realizing with more information, as always, we're realizing that it's not just one thing. It's not just male, female. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know, it's so many things. It's so many things in between and outside and inside and finding that balance as a parent to give our children just the love, the support, the courage, the confidence. Yes. <laughs> to just be in the world and be themselves shame-free. <laughs> yes. And have a voice. And have a voice and be able to speak up for them. Oh, it is a lot. <laughs> this just in, parenting's hard. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Wish I had gotten that memo before September 24th, 2016 when I had my child. Shit, so Pete's. <laughs> I know it's going to be this. I just thought I had to push and that's it. I know. Here we are. Breaking generational cycles. <laughs> no, thanks. Oh, man. So, you know, listen, if our list, any of our listeners are feeling like we are, which is like, I know it's important to talk about it. <laughs> I want to plant these seeds early. I want our, my child <laughs> to have bodily autonomy and not have shame yes. and know that sexuality is not shameful. Sex is not shameful. You know, all that stuff. Ah, oh, you're not alone. Here we are. Here we are. Yes. But we're going to figure it out. At least we're going to try to <laughs> give ourselves some kind of way. Yes. Because, you know, in that New York Times article, there's a human sexuality educator named Deborah Rothman. She wrote a book called Talk to Me First, Everything You Need to Know to Become Your Kid's Go-To Person About Sex. Okay. And she Does this come in an audio book? Because I need this. <laughs> Blair, you know how to read. Ugh. <laughs> Who needs it? <laughs> she says... The body is a child's first classroom. Wow. I love that. Wow. Yep. She says the sounds that bodies make and the stuff that comes out of them, <laughs> they find it all endlessly fascinating. Mm. And she reminds us it's perfectly natural for infants and toddlers to explore their genitals, especially as diapers come off and these parts are more accessible. Mm -hmm. By age four or five, Blair, this is where we are with our kids. Yep. This behavior can become more intentional, and that is all normal, expected, and entirely harmless. Whoosh kadoosh. Yep. No shame is the name of the game. But it's so funny how I have this issue with my five-year-old and my three-year-old in the tub together. Mm -hmm. And they get a little, you know, curious. Sure. And the initial reaction is, hey, stop, don't do that, right? And it's just like, well, but really... They're just exploring. They're seeing things. Yep. They're, you know, and it's that catch. It's that instant thing that we go to. It's that button, you know, Yes. that we instantly go to. We're just like, flip that switch on. Yes. Protection mode. But what is that to them? What is that telling them about being body curious? It's that like, <gasps> right? It's that thing that like stops them. Yeah. In their play, you know, like when they're on the playground, they say not to yell, be careful. Right? Because it stops them from their exploration mm -hmm. and it puts their fear, their flight or fight thing. 
busy toddler the other day. Was it busy toddler? No, thousand hours outside. Mm. I think she's the one that said when you see your kid doing something risky on the playground, but you know that if they do it, they'll be okay kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Doing the high monkey bars for the first time. Was it busy toddler? It was busy toddler. I saw it too. And she said her, the term she uses for it now, instead of saying, be careful or, oh, come on, you can do it. Yeah, I know you can do it. Mm -hmm. Say, do what feels best for your body. And I totally stole that. Yeah. I've definitely used that since then. And it's so good because as she says, it lets your kid know that, you know that they'll be okay either way. But what I do is, do you feel safe? Is this this all right for your body? Oh, no. You have panic as like the undercurrent. Exactly. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's fine. Yeah, everything's fine. Just doing the opposite of what needs to be done. Yep. (laughs) Speaking of panic as an undercurrent, when we get back... We'll talk a little bit more about why we should talk to our kids about their bodies and how that is a healthy thing and also how we should talk to them about it so that it remains a healthy thing Mm. and how we can make sure that they grow up with a healthy appreciation for their own and others' bodies and don't have that undercurrent of shame or, in Blair's case on the playground, panic. (laughs) Don't panic. (laughs) But do stick around. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Welcome back to Toddler Purgatory. We're talking about how we talk to our children about their bodies, how to navigate this world of body autonomy and whatnot. And now we're going to get into why we should talk to them about their bodies. Yeah. Why is it so important? Right. Well, Tanya Coakley is a professor at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro who has studied how parents communicate with their children about sex with a focus on African-American fathers and sons. Okay, Tanya. Okay, Tanya, get it. Dr. Coakley tells us that talking with young children about their bodies and sexuality paves the way for open communication as they get older. Blair, don't we always say this? Always. Yes, we're laying the groundwork now to have good relationships with our kids later. And maybe is that just it, Molly? Is that just it? Just like stop putting the pressure on yourselves, knock it off and just talk to them. That's it. Just talk. They're curious. Have a conversation. Yep. Open heart, open mind. That's it. And... 
Yes, she says those talks will positively influence children's comfort with their bodies and the likelihood they will come to their parents with questions later on. Ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. As well as ultimately lowering the chances of unwanted pregnancies, sexually transmitted diseases, and other risky sexual behaviors. I mean, ain't that the truth? I feel like my dad had like the talk with me. He brought out the encyclopedias, right? This is like when I was eight or nine. You know, I love it. And I was like, oh, okay, dad, sure, yes. My dad was very like straightforward. So I got the mechanics of it, but I still didn't like get it, get it. I was still like, so the stork, where does he fit into all this? (laughs) (laughs) But my mom bought me this book that came with a tape. You remember those tape tape books? Of course. And it had some hot tracks on there. And one of the tracks was, I'm beginning to see things I've never seen before. And I was just like, this is a hot track. I didn't think anything of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I knew the mechanics I knew a hot song, (laughs) but I didn't know anything in between. Right. And so when it came down to like having a crush, right, or being in a situation where things are being said or done, but I wish that I'd had maybe just an open conversation just about my curiosities. Yeah. About bodies specifically. Really? Are you talking like really less about sex later on? More about bodies. What is going on in my body? Just what is going on? What is happening? I feel a certain thing. I feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. You know, like the peach fuzz. You know, all the things that came up that are just like, what's happening? And even as a littler kid, it might even be more like, you know, because one of the reasons why kids explore their genitals is because it feels good. Right. Of course. <laughs> if it feels good, then why... Are people making me feel like it's bad? Right. So it must be bad. I must be doing something wrong. So confusing. So we got to be there for our our little ones, right? It's so true. It's so, so true. Mm -hmm. So just a reminder from our dear friend, Dr. Coakley, shout out, that we want to keep it honest, non-judgmental, and nurturing. Mm -hmm. Which I think is a really good, that's the trifecta, right? Yes. Keep it honest. No need to sugarcoat, really. (laughs) Don't sugarcoat it. Non-judgmental. It's A-okay. Bodies are cool. It's A-OK to explore your body. Don't judge them and don't judge yourself. Yeah, yes. And nurturing. They're still your babes. Mm -hmm. You know? So we want to make sure that they know that this is a safe space. Mama is... Mm -hmm. Mama or Dada or whoever or caretaker, whoever's talking to them is still the nest where they are most comfortable. Absolutely. And that's a good thing. The other day, yesterday, I was working out for the first time since March 2020. No shame. No judgment. I'm nurturing you. Thank you for the nurturing and honesty. (laughs) And my new trainer, who I'm sure I will refer to in this podcast in the future as well, because she's amazing. She's a grandma and a personal trainer and just rad. And so she said at the end, because we had done a really hard thing. I don't know. There's like a lot of jumping and squatting involved with personal training. I'm not sure if you guys knew that. Neither of which I do in general. So my body's like, what? Why are we doing this? And so... Why is this happening? Your body's like, this is dumb. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> and so at the end, we were like stretching. And she said, think of your body as a pain balloon. So when you inhale, breathe air, clean, fresh air into that balloon. And when you exhale, all that air takes your pain with it. Oh, okay. And I was like, that is so interesting. And at first I was like, I can't hear you because my sweat has filled my ears, <laughs> my eyes, my nose and my mouth. I can't hear you. But then when I thought about it, I was like, I love that idea. Even for those three beats we take before conversations with our kids that are hard. 
or conversations with our spouse or our partner or our best friend yes. or our therapist <laughs> or whatever that are hard. Breathe in clean, fresh air. And when you breathe it out, have it take the shame with it. Have it take the pain with it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> the awkwardness. Yes. Yeah. And also know that it takes practice. Oh, 100% Blair nailed it. Yeah. You got to like, you have to practice breathing. Yes. You got to practice it. Yes. Practice putting yourself in those hard positions. It's not easy. And we'll bring up practice later in this as well, because that actually came up in the experts advice on how to talk to your kids about these things. The biggest thing is that, and you may have heard this, listeners. Blair, I do wonder where you stand on this. Use the correct words for body parts. Yes. Now, this is not just in this conversation that you're having the sit down with your kids or these opportunities to speak with them about their bodies. Always. Always. Always use the correct names. Do I also say I'm going to give that booty a slap? I sure do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they get like when we're having fun. Yes. And then they also get like, you know, make sure after you're done pee pee, you need to wipe your vagina. Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're having a hard time with that because we're really trying to say vulva as the outside and vagina as the tube the baby comes out. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Whoops. Okay. Mm -hmm. No, no, I don't think it's wrong. Because I think that in our country, Mm -hmm. this is completely my opinion, not based in fact, but I feel like, again, historically, we refer to as a person with vaginas, Mm -hmm. as we refer to those exteriors as vaginas. Ah, right, 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 right. I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Don't you think so? Like, it encompasses that whole area. Even though we do know that the outside is the vulva and then the vagina and the urethra are inside and all the other parts, whatever. But it is an interesting thing. Like, I can't even wrap my mind around it. Like, I think it's okay to call the whole area a vagina. Yeah, I mean, that's what I do only because I just don't have time <laughs> to break it down. That's kind of how I feel. And also, I want to be consistent with what they're learning elsewhere, too. You know what I mean? And I think that overall, what's it called? It's a V word, but not vowel. The whatever it is that we, in the collective conscience of mm. our the time we live in, in this place, we call that exterior of people with those yes, genitals. Yes, 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 vagina. yes, yes. I broke my own brain. It's imperative that if we're going to call them by the right names, call them by the correct things that we do all of the time. Yeah, like don't call them the shishi and the haha or something. Yeah. Or like when I was growing up, little poo-poo and big poo-poo. What was the little poo-poo? Guess. No, what was that? My vulva vagina. <laughs> huh. And the big poo-poo was my anus. See, I can't even, still, no judgment, but that's my anus. I know. Was my big poo-poo. <laughs> and then, to top it all off, on my no shame train, <laughs> my father, to this day, calls me poop. That's your nickname. That's my nickname. Your loving nickname. And it came from the fact that I called my vulva vagina urethra, all the things involved with that nether region. I used to call it my little poo-poo. Ha! Huh. So he called me his little poo-poo, which would be poo-poo. Sure. <sighs> I mean, here we are, guys. <laughs> it is so funny. It's a funny thing. And like, it's tough, too, because it is fun to use cute words with our kids. It's so fun. It's so fun. It's adorable. Look, and then they call you that for years after. For the rest of your life. I say try and use the right words as much as you can. I think you should. I think you definitely should. Just because I think more than anything, when I think of either of them getting into a situation where they are 
in any way uncomfortable mm-hmm. and the appropriate word is being used, they're not confused. Yes. You know what I mean? If they're in a situation where they're being anything, wherever or whatever that may be. Yep. And the correct terminology is used and they have no clue. I don't think that that's setting them up for much bodily success. Yes, I completely agree. And this does that make sense? Completely. And the New York Times article agrees. They say language can either empower children or cripple their ability to communicate. This is an interesting phrase I've never heard called avoidance words. Mm. So this article also says avoid associating silly, which we've already covered, or slang words with body parts or using avoidance words like privates. Oh, wow. Okay. That's hard. I use the word privates. Okay. I said that's my private area. Then and Right. You don't have my permission. You know, if he's like, I'm going to grab you in the crotch or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Take it easy, little DT. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, nope, that's my private area because I'm just trying to let him know. Right. That phrase works for me. So I I think I'm going to continue to use it. But what would you say instead of private? Maybe personal. I guess you could use, we could say, that's my personal area. I'm just making sure that when he's on the playground, he respects other kids and particularly young people with vulva slash vaginas. Now I don't know what to call it anymore. I just want to make sure he's not disrespectful or horrible. I do want him to not be a horrible person. That's really the upshot of parenthood. <laughs> That's just pile that on top of not calling it a little poo-poo. <laughs> oh, gosh. I can see us getting silly because we're living inside of this uncomfortable place and I'm really glad we're talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Me too. Now, a big thing. Now, this is really good for where I am in my son's maturation as a five-year-old. This is exactly where we are, setting boundaries on time and place. Mm. Uh, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. So we've already decided we're going to use the correct words and language for the body parts. We are going to... No shame. No shame. Mm -hmm. No shame is the name of the game, right? We're not going to shame them for being curious. It is 100% normal and to be expected and developmentally appropriate. It's A-OK. So now you just have to let them know that when the time and place is, right? So for example, if they're, you know, touching their penis in a public place, you might say something like, I know that feels good to you. The body is good and it brings good feelings. But if you look around, you'll see people don't touch their genitals around other people. But you can do that in your bedroom or in the bathroom anytime you want. Yes. Yes. I hear that and I'm like, mm-hmm. But then when it happens and out of my mouth will be, what are you doing? Knock it off. Put that away. That is not around here. You know what I mean? Because you're worried about how people see you and your son. Yes, that's part of it. But it's also so very highly inappropriate to play with your <laughs> genitals on the playground. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, I do. I and do. they don't know that, but I do. And I've been so conditioned that it's like knee jerk. It's like I'm like Pavlov's dog, right? If I see this kind of behavior, I'm like... No. Yeah. How quickly can I stop this? How quickly can I stop this? Right. Yes. Right. Right. And some, and that might be a swatting the hand away. It might be a mm-hmm. holding them firmly by the wrist and leaning down to <laughs> get at their level. You stop <laughs> that. Listen to me. But they're learning. He's five years old. But it's also that thing too of like, I also, and this is like the part of me where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can let this go. That's ingrained in me. It's like, I don't want to give him too much of the rope. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, okay, you can, you know, that's for when you're inside and you can play with yourself. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't, personally, for me, that's like, 
So I'm giving him the okay to go home and play with himself? Like, how do I... I don't know. I don't know, Molly. Bye. No, we're not done. Blair, the podcast's still going on. Oh, no, she hung up. What do I do? (laughs) If you hang up, my body just deflates until next Tuesday. Because I need two people to run this podcast and to survive. That's hard. You know, I feel for you. And I can... I also like... On the one hand, I'm saying this suggestion from this article that would totally work. And I also am very cognizant of the fact that I have no idea how I would react on the playground. Right. Or at school or whatever, if I saw that. I think because of this podcast has changed my life uh, in many ways, specifically this episode, (laughs) because I do think that now we are at least going to be aware of it. Look, parents, caregivers, you already care so much about your kids. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to a ding-dang parenting podcast. True enough. You'd be up in them true crimes. You'd be up in all them. I know. (laughs) We're up in those, too. You and I are up in those, too. You especially. You go to sleep to them. Sure do. You bet your butt I do. (laughs) You're Heine. No, we can't say Heine anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, so you're already here. So you're doing the work. So trust your gut in that situation. And if you react in a way that you later regret, talk to your kid about it. True. You can always go back. Yes. And learn. You'll learn and they'll learn. Hey, listen, I reacted in a way that I didn't mean to when I saw you touching your body on the playground. Let's talk about other times that are a good time to touch your body. Right. Right? So you can always go back during a calm time, during a time when you guys are just chilling or putting on PJs or whatever, sometime when you're feeling close and you're feeling like that warm nest of being a strong caregiver is there and you can say, hey, listen, I want to talk a little bit about what happened. I made a mistake and I'd love to talk to you about times that are a good time to touch your penis, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Blair, I'm with you. I totally feel you. And I like the, also the way their suggestion, you know, Dr. Becky Goodinside is such a good podcast as well. I follow her on Instagram and she, is it her or is it Busy Toddler that says you can make a, a something sandwich? What do they call uh, it? Where they're like, I know it's fun to get naked, but in school we keep our clothes on when we play. You know what I mean? Like you start with something positive Oh, no, it's little big feelings. You start with something positive like, hey, I get it. Being naked is real fun. (laughs) And now we're going to couch that with, you know, this positive thing at the beginning and then we're going to have the lesson, right? So now they're listening. Because if you start with, don't take your clothes off in school, how dare you? They've already stopped listening. Right, right. Or they're taking it a negative way. Or right. Or they're like, oh, okay. Shame trains here. Let me hop on. Yes, exactly. Instead of that, it's like, hey, I know it's fun to get naked. And it is okay to get naked. But school is not a place where we do that. Here is a place you can do it. After bath, run around. Mm -hmm. Air dry. I don't care. Have a good time. Yeah, so they learn the lesson, but they don't get the shame part of it. Yeah. That's the upshot, right? That is the upshot. Listen, and it helps you work your empathy bone. Yes. And theirs as well. Because you then take away that heroicism of mom and dad and show them that you are human. Mm-hmm. Which I think only helps, as has been mentioned before in these articles, it helps you in the future when they really need to have a conversation with you. Yes. And you want to be that person that they can come to and they don't see you as a hero or see you as the person that they have to filter themselves with. Yeah, I think that that's just, that's really important. Yeah. And now, of course, as we kind of hit on today already, also there are going to be things that will work for you and your family and won't. Sure. 
So you got to trust that too. Every person is so different and every kid is so different. We say that. I know we say that every episode, but it's true. So even in this one article, one expert said curiosity is, of course, A-OK. And if kids are kind of like what you were saying, Blair, in the tub and they're there's no power dynamic, nobody is forcing anybody to do anything else. If they're just checking out each other's genitals, then I was going to say private parts, yep, but I can't that. do that. Any, I can't help it. <laughs> They say, hey, if neither is uncomfortable or being forced to do it, you could walk away. You could give them a little bit of space, even just turn your back. Yeah. That's one option. And some, you know, and then another expert or someone who you might identify with more might say something like, hey, if kids are showing or explaining their body and that's not okay with you in that situation, set the clear boundary and, you know, obviously in a gentle and supporting way. And then check in later to make sure they know they're not in trouble. Right. Just remind them of the when and where's of body exploration. Yes. So just do what feels right to you that is a comfortable fit while still being supportive and honest and nurturing. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Welcome back to Tyler Purgatory, where we're talking about all things bodies and how to handle talking to your kid about Joe body. Joe body. Or about their body. Or about Chobani. Or about Chobani, which is delicious. So good. Big fan. So, one last little tip. You know kids, they love visuals, and there are some really good books out there. Yeah. Thank to help you. Thank you. They have gotten so good. We have a couple of great books. One is a, just about, you know, how everybody's body is different and everybody is cool. And it's called Bodies Are Cool. And I love it. It's so great. It makes sure that if they don't have an individual in their community or in their sightline every day who might look a little different or seem a little different to them from what they're used to, that they know that there are all kinds of bodies that they're going to see mm -hmm. and that... All bodies are cool. It's great. Bodies are cool. The other book we love, which a lot of people have mentioned as well, you may have heard of it, it's called It's Not the Stork. Great. Touches on 
different body parts. They get to see pictures, if particularly if they don't have a sibling or that kind of thing, of all different kind of body parts that human beings can have. And it's awesome. It's has different sections you can look at at different ages, different developmental stages that your kids are in. But that could really help. I feel like the age my son is at now, five, was the right time to introduce it. But your every kid is different. So it might be something that you order now, take a look through, put it away if it's not quite time. We'll be doing it. Yep. It's not the store. It's always hard for me to gauge because of the age difference between my kids. Even though it's two and a half years, I'm like, is this too early to talk about? And this goes for like a myriad of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then sometimes the three-year-old just comes busting through with like some knowledge. And I'm like, oh, girl, you know this? And she's like, yes, girl, I'd be listening. I love how your three-year-old is the chillest person. Just during that. <laughs> but in real life, she's like three and she's active. But in retelling, she's like, girl, I got this. Like, yeah, I've been listening. <laughs> she's like, you want a martini? I know how to make those too. And I'm like, girl, you do? She's like, shake, 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 shake. Girl, I've been listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's not the historic. Bodies are cool. There's a bunch of them out there, which are so wonderful. And I know Amazon is the devil, but also mm-hmm. go on there and look up one and they have all these different suggestions. You can read reviews. Obviously, there are a million Reddit threads about it. So you can do a little research, find the one that's right for you. And that might help you be able to sit down with your kid and go through it and talk about it as you go. And mm-hmm. I also think that one time we looked at the first three pages of It's Not the Stork and my son put his hand on it and went, okay, let's do Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Like, oh, okay. He knew it. He knew it. He's like, yeah. he knew it, but also I think he was like, whoa, this is getting pretty intense up in here. Right. Ready for a break. <laughs> right. So just do what's, you know, appropriate for them. And also we do want to touch on a good age to start discussing unwanted touch as well. Yes. Because it's very important as your kids get aware of their bodies and sometimes wanting to show them, sometimes not, talking to you about them, sometimes not. And this article was helpful. They said age five is a good age to start discussing this. Again, maybe earlier if that's what you're comfortable with or your kid is ready. Mm-hmm. It's just important during this to let them know that there's touch that is okay. So that's a parent or another caregiver, a trusted adult giving a child a bath or changing a diaper or a doctor doing an exam. And for that, you know, you still have to be aware of making sure that there's a nurse in the room, that you stay in the room, all that stuff. But you can let them know as you go. And there's also touch that isn't okay. So you may say something like, unless it's for a reason we talked about, it's not okay for an older person to touch. And then you could say, you know, the names of the genitals or your mouth or that kind of thing. And you might say, if someone touches or looks at you in a way that doesn't feel right, tell another adult right away. Absolutely. Molly, I think that you're hitting on something that's so key, right? And it's that if it doesn't feel right, no matter what it is, right? If it comes to unwanted touch, if it comes to unwanted words, if it comes to unwanted minor behaviors, if it doesn't feel right, say something. And I think that maybe in teaching our children to listen to that voice and honor it, no matter what it is, right? Because I always say to my students sometimes when it comes to like the pinch of the ouch and like it's an acting thing, that your pinch, your tolerance for the pain of the pinch could be way higher, but it's the same exact pinch for someone whose tolerance is lower, right? So no matter what it is, if there's something about it that doesn't feel good, 
say something. Right. And I think, again, once they're in the practice of that, if and when they are in a situation where something does not feel right, they will say something. That's what I hope. So this is obviously, you know, as we just said earlier, there's so much anxiety about it. There's so much pressure. And we want to try and take that pressure off of ourselves and, of course, our kids. Mm -hmm. So a big thing to think about is whether or not it might be helpful for you to practice ahead of time. Now, Blair always poo-poos role-playing, even though she's an actor, which I find very ironic. (laughs) But I personally kind of like running things in the bathroom in the mirror. But I always have. But it's also like I get paid to role play. (laughs) (laughs) But you were talking about going in, you know, the bathroom or whatever when the kids were checking each other's genitals out. And it's like, well, maybe, huh, that's an I don't know. How are you supposed to know that was going to happen? But I guess we can assume that it's something like that's going to (laughs) happen. And if you think you're the kind of parent. Yeah. Who might. We're all going to stumble on our words because we're human and it's an anxious making situation. But if you have a little bit of a script, not written down per se, but like if you and your partner or you by yourself or anything or you and a friend who's been through this. Yeah. Can go over a little bit about what you might say to keep your heart open and to make sure that you're, you know, reassuring about staying body curious is awesome. You know, here's other things we need to remember. Practice ahead of time. And that's especially if you're not used to using the factual words like penis and vulva and vagina, which me and Blair clearly are not because we've stumbled on our words for the last 45 minutes. Let me tell you something. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying I agree. And when you do talk about it, you know, as we said, lean on honesty and facts. Use those picture books. Concrete things help, right, Blair? Like things you can touch. Like, I don't know how to say this, so I'm going to show you in this incredibly informative and entertaining book. Just like my dad pulled out the encyclopedia. It worked. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Yes. Yes, exactly. And I'm a visual learner. How does your kid learn? Take that into consideration, too. How does your kid learn? Yeah. If your kid doesn't get it just by talking to them, show them visuals. Yeah. I'm a visual person. I need a map. I need a map always. When I traveled post-college with my girlfriend, Becky, shout out. Becky Poole, now Becky Payette. Shout out. Hey, hey, hey. We had so much fun and we would arise. We came out of the Paris subway station and we were literally like eating breadcrumbs and like rainwater. We were like just doing it. So the happiest we've ever been. But so happy. Come on. And we came up and kind of looked around because we had gone somewhere and we're coming back to the neighborhood where the hostel was. And Becky could literally be like, oh, all right. Oh, uh, there's that building with the red shutter. So we need to take a left. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> But then if we came up and I looked at the map, I'd be like, oh, right. We need to go down there and then take a right. Oh, and then remember on this corner, she'd be like, I can look at that, but it just doesn't mean anything to me. And I remember being 21 and we were both like not frustrated with each other, but both like, how can we see this in such different ways? And now I know. And when it comes to us, you're very much a visual person. You need that map. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, whatever. You're like, uh, Blair, let's write this down and get this little structure to it. I'm like, all right. That's why we go well together. Exactly. We fit into each other's like, I'm making a thing with my hands where the, what's it called? A yin and a yang. (laughs) Help me. And remember, if you see, you know, your kids exploring or figuring out their genitals or figuring out how their bodies work, take a beat and ask yourself, Hey, is there a power dynamic going on? Is one child pressing the other? Are they both having fun? And in this article, they say it may be that our worries as parents have less to do with our children's behavior and more about how we've been conditioned to respond to it. Woo. Woo. There it is. Yeah. Maybe it was just a healthy way for them to learn. 
Yeah. And I mean, that's what we're constantly fighting, right? Mm-hmm. If we're trying to like, as we should, as should it always be, you're trying to just be a better version of what you were brought up with. Yeah. Right. And sometimes we are conditioned and it takes practice to get out of it. Oh my gosh. Good gosh. It takes practice to get out of it. It's just like when my five-year-old who now is in kindergarten and he's learning so much and he'll get real frustrated when he's like writing a letter or a number or something. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yo, that's why they keep sending home, you know, all the lined papers and for you to like practice the letter A and practice the uppercase letter A, right? You have to keep practicing it. And I think that we lose that. We think that everything is like these tactile things that we have to like practice, but it's really like emotions and conversations and feelings. And it, there's so many other things that aren't necessarily out there in the open, but that live deep inside of us that we have to practice. You know, that reminds me, there's so much, you're right, in life that we have to practice because these things are muscles. They're muscles. They're muscles. And I just, (gasps) you know, Karamo from Queer Eye? Queer Eye, yes. First of all, (laughs) he's a hunk. I mean, first of all, come on. And he was wearing a t-shirt today in an Instagram post that says, confidence is a habit, not a trait. Woof, there it is. And that really stood out to me. And that's kind of like what you're talking about. These things that we expect to just come naturally. Yeah. (laughs) If they're super ingrained in us, it's going to be, you have to make it a practice. You have to make it, you have to make it a practice. Yes. And know that it will get better. It will come to you with practice. Yep. How did I become an almost Oscar winning actor? (laughs) Practice. (laughs) Practice. (laughs) Practice. And if you keep your eye on the prize, which is laying the foundation with your kids now for honest and open communication about everything, but particularly in this case about their bodies and about their relationship with their body, that foundation will serve you for the rest of your time with them. When they get older, they'll be still feel like they can return to that place, which is you, Mm -hmm. for honesty and compassion and also to be a cheerleader. Yeah. You got this. You got this. You got this. I know you made a mistake today by (laughs) taking your pants down on the playground. (laughs) You know, showing off your genitalia at the playground. You didn't know it was a mistake. So we're not going to treat it like that. You know, we're treating it as a learning moment. So we don't build that shame into our children's relationship with their bodies. I'm going to go take a nap. Yeah. For a week. (laughs) Till they're 20. Till they're 20. Oh, as our listeners, we are so appreciative of you all for being here. And also for, to be honest with you, giving me an excuse to learn all about different ways that I can maintain, or I hope continue to maintain that relationship with my son and being able to talk to me about his body. For sure. That is like the truth of it all is is as hopefully as you are learning and gaining some valuable information Yes, so are Molly and I. And it's only making us better parents and better humans to not only connect with each other, but with you all. Thank you all for being here. If you think of it, you know, I'm sure you hear this on all your podcasts. Go ahead and drop a like or a review on uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes. I feel like I had to like take it down or not. <laughs> it's very serious. Though. It's so serious and also a little uh, sassy. <laughs> and we'll see you all next time. Thanks for being here. Take it easy. Take it easy.
Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.